This is the On All Cylinders Podcast. Powered by Summit Racing. Your host for today is Paul Sokolis with special guest Kevin Williams, president of the World Karting Association. Here we go. Welcome to another edition of the On All Cylinders Podcast. I'm your host for today, Paul Sokolis. And uh, we've got an interesting topic to cover. It's something that uh, a lot of our listeners may not know a whole lot about. Joining me today is uh, Kevin Williams, president of the World Karting Association. Kevin, thanks for taking the time to talk with us. It's my honor to be on on All Cylinders, and uh, I'm a big fan. I listen quite frequently, and uh, it's it's really exciting to be a part of your program. Well, and I'm sure our listeners will appreciate having you on here because this is, like I said earlier, a topic that a lot of folks don't know a whole lot about. You know, when folks say karting, a lot of us think back to those rickety old go-karts we used to ride around on vacation, but this is far from that. Um, so could you give folks a, a bit of an overview on what karting is and what it's all about? Sure. So karting, uh, kart racing and karting is very important to uh, motorsports, is very important to performance type of retail industry. And the reason is, is because most of the drivers that you see on television and in the big sports, big racing sports now started in karting. And really in the United States, most of them started with World Karting Association. So karting is really the base foundation of most motorsports. In fact, our slogan since our inception 50 years ago is we are the foundation of motorsport. Yeah, man, you aren't kidding. Um, before this interview, I went to your website, worldkarting.com, just to, just to learn more about it. And I was blown away by some of the names I saw. Danica Patrick, Scott Dixon, Ryan hunter Ray, Juan Pablo Montoya. They're all karting alumni. But before we get too much further, I wanted to point something out for folks trying to research this online at home. Um, when you go to type in karting into your favorite internet search bar, make sure to spell it with a K. K-A-R-T-I-N-G, spelled with a K. And that's actually a good sidebar, Kevin. Um, why do we spell karting with a K? Is that like a legacy thing or what, man? <laughs> it's funny that you say that. And we often have to say that, you know, please spell it with a K. Like, for example, my email is World Karting, and I often have to say that. But there was a... About a little over 60 years ago, there was a couple of car buffs got together in Southern California and built go-karts, and they named them go-kart, G-O-K-A-R-T. And they ran around the Rose Bowl parking lot. And from that, a couple of uh, tracks started to pop up in Southern California. There was a a couple in uh, Midwest, and karting was born. So uh, even how big motorsports is in Europe and karting is very big over there, they still credit the foundation of, of karting and the starting of karting back to the, those days in California. Uh, there's a, a person by the name of Art Ingalls. He was, he was one of them. And Duffy Livingstone were the two guys that started karting. And uh, both of them, uh, actually, I, I had the pleasure of meeting them in uh, my 45 years in the sport. So um, uh, we're really happy that karting has become a viable part of motorsports, especially in the ladder system and and, uh, teaching everybody that participates all the lifelong skills and all the racing skills that they need to get them through life. That's really interesting, the the Rose Bowl origin story. That's uh, I've never heard that before. But uh, that does kind of beg the question, what kind of actual racing does karting encompass now? Certainly, you're no longer confined to just parking lots. So what, uh, what kind of racing, what kind of tracks does karting entail? And that's a great question. The World Karting Association is uh, proud to say that they're the only organization in the world that has a place for every type of kart racing. Traditional go-kart racing you see or maybe take advantage of on indoor tracks or something like that. It's kind of a, you know, you sit up in the cart, there's a little motor and uh, four small wheels. 
And that's done on a sprint track. So sprint kart racing is really the traditional kart racing that people are, are used to. We also have go-karts that we put on race car tracks, and namely our biggest race of each year is our first race of each year. Uh, the last week of December between Christmas and New Year's, we're celebrating our 49th year at the Daytona International Speedway, and the event is known as Kart Weeks, just to complement their speed weeks, their bike week, et cetera, down at Daytona and D Daytona Beach, Florida. At that event, we put go-karts on the super speedway, the Rolex 24 uh, track, and well, there's also a sprint kart trace, uh, racing track in the infield inside turn four of the super speedway. And there's also dirt speedway, which there's a dirt track on the outside of uh, the high banks of turn one and two at Daytona. And we put dirt, dirt carts, uh, speedway carts on that track. All three races in the same weekend, we probably bring anywhere from 10 to 12,000 people just to the area to participate in this with the families and the crews and all those things. So that's just three forms. There's also speedway, uh, speedway pavement, where it's an oval track they do on pavement, which when we go to Charlotte Motor Speedway, we put carts on the quarter mile paved oval just inside Charlotte Motor Speedway under the lights. Always pretty exciting. And then uh, the, we are also involved in a, a great STEM program uh, with Purdue University, uh, where uh, we, they have a program that teaches the STEM classes of high schools and college around the country how to put together a, an electric cart. And then they have one big final race at the end of the school year in the parking lot of the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. So those are four types of, or five types of karting that we have a part of, and we like to help not only through the educational part, but also with the development of uh, kart racing around the, around the United States. That's fascinating. I didn't realize it was that broad. Um, certainly the, the electric carts, um, we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit later in the interview, but uh, let's get personal for a second. Um, what about you? How did you get started? How did you get into this? And um, how long have you been doing it? Yeah, that's a great question. Also, <laughs> like most people in sports, uh, their parents are are interested or participate in some form of motorsports. Uh, I have only one sibling and he's a brother and he's two years older than me. And uh, my father raced cars before us. And when uh, we got above the age of, uh, I don't know, walking, I guess. No, that's not true. Uh, a little older than that. Uh, we decided to, to go go-kart racing and we uh, bought a go-kart from a neighbor for $25 and we shared it, went to the track and learned as much as we could. And you know, my dad being a car buff would uh, say, oh, this has got to be easy. And, you know, you can work on the carts and enjoy uh, tinkering with them. But at the same time, I, I can tell you, and, and I know a lot of carters will feel the same. I would not have been as close to my family if it wasn't for those outings, going to the track, hitting the road, working on the carts. And that's really how we got started. And um, <laughs> so as I, I sit in my office and look at a lot of pictures from our earlier years, I, I reflect back that how uh, valuable that was for the relationship with my family. And I see it every single race. And that's one of the reasons I, I do it. So I've been in the sport a little over 45 years now, and I'm a volunteer president at the World Carding Association. We're a nonprofit and membership owned. So is all of our executive committee and so is all of our trustees. And we do this for one reason, one reason only, and that's to help support the sport. I've been with WK roughly 20 years in various capacities, from race directing to uh, executive committee uh, to trustee, uh, board member, but uh, as have many of the people who have been around karting for a while. Uh, but, you know, you get to a point where you want to give back and, and that's what we do. We give back to karting. Well, you do paint a pretty enticing picture there with the bonding, the family connections, the technical knowledge you're getting. 
Um, and that might have a lot of listeners right now wondering, like, what's the next step? How did they get involved? What would you tell somebody that didn't have a lot of wrenching experience or car experience, but was really interested in dipping their toe into the proverbial waters of karting? You know, it's interesting. You, you really don't have to know a lot about, um, about cars and what have you. You just have to have a desire. On our website at worldkarting.com, we have a get started page. And that get started page actually gets more traffic than any other page on our site. And it's interesting because it was written in such a way where you don't have to know what a two-cycle motor is versus a four-cycle motor. You don't have to know what oil is or all that stuff. It's written in such a way where you can participate in karting, walk right off the street and participate in parting. You may go to your local indoor track or on that page, you can find a track near you or a retailer near you and go talk to a kart shop or a track. And most of them have lapping days or schools or those kind of things. So you can take uh, moving on and excelling through the next levels of karting. Um, so that's really where it gets it gets started is somebody just going to a track and trying it. Or maybe some of the current carters take a neighbor or a friend to the track and those kind of things. You've probably heard of the, the term, the family of motorsport. And that's exactly what it goes on in karting is everybody knows most everybody. But at the same time, you, you get lifelong partners and lifelong friends and some of the lifelong skills that you may not get in other sports and other organizations. You know, anybody can get involved. Parents come involved and they, they learn how to do scorekeeping or how to racetrack or event management uh, or and driving. Uh, I can tell you, and I'm, I'm happy to say this, knock on wood, my experience in karting has contributed to me never being in an auto accident on the road ever. And so those lifelong skills carry with you your entire life. Many of my closest friends were I, I met in motorsports and started in karting. And uh, I will continue to say that for the rest of my life, and they will too. So all those life skills are, are great just by showing up and starting going to an indoor kart track or getting a school at your local kart track, which you can find on our website. Yeah, I'm glad you brought up your website. Uh, it, can you expound on that just a little bit? Um, is that the best resource to, to get started locally to find local tracks? At worldkarting.com, there is a get started page. It has a list of tracks. And you, most likely you'll find one within an hour's drive of you in, anywhere in the country. We have a list of retailers there that can certainly help um, you contact them to find out about product and those kind of things. Or go to the, one of the cart shops and they'd be happy to talk to you and let you know how to get into carting. And they have a passion to educate anybody who walks in to learn more about it, to get more bodies into the sport. Um, so that's really the first place to start and uh, kind of why we say we have a place for everybody. Again, our tracks are there, our retailers are there, some of the racing series, both uh, at the regular track as well as indoor that people are used to seeing. Okay, worldkarting.com, a really good resource uh, for getting started. Speaking of getting started, I'm sure a big question looming on a lot of uh, folks' minds now is, how expensive is this? Is this a scalable model? Can I start small? How does karting impact the old pocketbook? You, you know, at its simplest level, uh, if you go to your local track or uh, they probably have school equipment and they do leagues and so do indoor cart. So it's possible to actually participate in racing without really much of a budget and that without having to own the cart. It depends on really on how far you want to go. I mean, uh, some, some, uh, there's a lot of people who are very happy just racing at their local track on a Sunday, after, Sunday afternoon. And uh, they may go there and rent equipment from a team or have their own equipment and just go to the club races uh, twice a month at their local track. And they're just happy with that. 
Some people want to race nationally. Some people want to race regionally, and they may go within a half a day's drive in their region. Uh, some may race nationally, and they're on a national calendar. A lot of our national calendars are only four races because they cover the whole country. Start in Daytona, we go to Charlotte. Uh, we may go up to the north northeast. We may go to the Midwest. And, uh, you know, you have to spread that out over four races uh, during the course of one year. Uh, and then we have a few of our drivers uh, who race internationally. There's a series in uh, with the FIA called FIA Karting Academy, and that is only participated by one driver from each country. So it really sounds like karting is what you make it, which is probably a good thing to hear, especially if you're new or interested in starting out and you don't want to have to make a huge budgetary commitment. Now, you kind of alluded to some of the racing classes and series earlier, so let's dig into that topic a little bit, specifically some guidelines. Can you talk about the rule books and like age restrictions? Uh, do you need any certifications? Do you need a license before you can begin racing? So at World Karting Association, we take a lot of pride in preparing the regulations very well with our, the help of our committees and our trustees and executive committee. Our rule book is actually used frequently by many, many tracks, many clubs around the country. And we take a lot of uh, time and effort into ensuring that uh, the information is current and, uh, of course, uh, fair for competitive racing. Uh, also, importantly, is we are the only ones who really work with the Safety Foundation Institute and the FIA for uh, safety equipment. In fact, last year in our sprint racing, I don't think we ever had a red flag and we never had an ambulance run, maybe two years. But we, we take a lot of uh, effort into ensuring that the safety equipment is uh, very strict and uh, we work with the Safety Foundation Institute. They certify a lot of the equipment. We also do some technical training and race director training for some of our officials, also endorsed by the SFI. The rule book is really the foundation of fair and safe practice racing. But then the next step is, is uh, to apply that rule book to our races. And in karting, there are different age categories. You can start as young as, as five years old. Uh, so five to seven is known to as what they call kid carts, of course, <laughs> right? So, uh, and and we don't we we just have a regulation. We don't let anybody uh, into a racing cart under five years old. They have to be five because there's such a big difference between five and seven years old. That we're talking about twenty percent of the kid's life, right? So, <laughs> and they're racing in the same category, and the, the equipment is smaller and and slower and whatnot. But again, you, you that is the age group that you're trying to really teach the basics and more on driver skill and life skills. Uh, then after that, uh, from seven to nine, we have uh, what we call sportsmen. They graduate from kids' cart. They go to sportsman or cadet, and then uh, uh, or even known as micro. And then we go to mini, which is nine to nine to twelve years old. Junior racers are twelve to fifteen, and that's really where the testosterone kicks in, right? At twelve to fifteen years old, the equipment is faster. The kids have amazing reflexes. How they pull off some of those moves, I, I have no idea. Uh, I still cringe when I watch them. And I, I watch these things every other weekend, you know, and uh, but they pull it off. No injuries. Everything's fine. And, and uh, I don't know how they do it, but they do. So I applaud them every race. And then um, after that is what we call senior, which is 15 and over. And uh, that is really the category where people start getting into race cars or wanting to aspire to race cars, or that's when the kids really start making their life decisions, right? Start thinking about college, what they're going to do in college, maybe get into our STEM program in college for electric carts, and, uh, or maybe start in cars or start taking race car driving schools or staying karting, which is what I've done my whole life. And 
And then uh, we also have a master's category for drivers over 30 years old. And those are people who do it for the fun. Wow. I, I mean, I know you said it a couple times already, but there really is something for everyone. There really is. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I mean, we grandparents, grand, gosh, we, the whole family comes out. We have some drivers who, you know, the one driver and he's, you know, 12 year old kid and he's got 10 people there. So their sister, brother, mom, you know, the everybody's there, grandparents and, uh, it's a lot of fun. Okay, so we've talked about the people, we've talked about the culture, we've talked about the rule book. Uh, let's talk about the carts themselves. Uh, is it right to assume that these are like spec carts, like the spec chassis and stuff like that? Yeah, so in sprint racing, um, most of the equipment is actually manufactured in Europe. Most of the manufacturers are, are in Europe, uh, mainly in Italy. Um, there's a few in the United States, but it's interesting. The bodywork is crash tested by the FIA, so, for, so it's very safe. And that's all manufactured over there. So, of course, the chassis are manufactured. A lot of the motors are manufactured over there for the two-cycle categories. We also have four-cycle categories, and our very good friends at Briggs & Stratton produce the best motor for four-cycle racing. It's, a, it's called the 206. And uh, it's really, it's, it's done a lot of great things. This is an affordable package. It allows people who haven't been in the sport for a long time to get back in the sport affordably and allows people to start in the sport uh, at a safe speed and, and uh, with a quality package that is also long lasting. I mean, people have this motor all year without touching it and just have a great time. But the chassis and sprint racing are pretty much spec chassis that it's all purpose built for karting. And road racing is kind of a different animal. Where road racing started with a cart that lays down. So you're kind of laying on your back with your head propped up, looking through your feet. So, <laughs> which is really kind of interesting. It's called a lay down cart or an enduro cart. They used to race for an hour at a time and they would have gas tanks down each side. Um, now they're in the 35 to 45 minute races. And it's, it's more about strategy. It's similar to an IMSA style endurance race. And in that category, we also have some what we call sit up carts, traditional carts that run both the same type of equipment that you see on a sprint track. It's just geared a little bit differently because the tracks are longer. Uh, you can imagine two and a half miles at Daytona International Speedway is a lot different than a seven-tenths of a mile sprint track. The Speedway carts are completely designed for Speedway. And if you, for your car buffs, if you think of a sprint car, how that different that is, or a modified race car, how different that is where it's really weighed towards one side because they're always going in an oval. Um, so those are mainly made in the United States. The laydown carts for road racing mostly are made in the United States. In fact, laydowns, is, United States is the only place that races the laydowns. They, they were born here and they stayed here. So when I say before, go visit your local track, your local track might be a dirt oval track and that may spark your interest. Somebody who has NASCAR aspirations might want to go to an oval track. Uh, somebody who has uh, Formula One aspirations might want to go to a traditional sprint track. And that's the beauty of karting is there's really, again, a place for everybody. Kids who haven't really grown up as gearheads and they think of electric cars, they are maybe in the STEM program. All that is, uh, it, you know, makes for a nice, varied, uh, uh, varied group of, of folks that's all centered around one thing, and it's a go-kart. Now, you just mentioned electric carts, electric karting. Um, can we dive into that subject in a little bit more detail? Um, obviously, they're becoming more and more prevalent at uh, drag strips and autocross events. Are you seeing more interest in electric carts? Well, um, a larger part, much larger than it has been in the past, and it's growing a little bit every time. And, you know, to take advantage of the technology that is changing so rapidly. I mean, how many times, uh, think back at your first mobile phone. And how different your mobile phone is today compared to that. Same type of thing with the, with the electric world. 
And it's what's the easiest way to have a battery that's not heavy or those kind of things. And, you know, some of the folks in the automotive industry have helped us with that. At the same time, our currently our electric program is a STEM program, and it's really heavily weighed towards education of a team, putting the cart together, a little bit of uh, performance testing, those kind of things. And interestingly enough, there's a lot of cart racers who are in those classes. And it's funny, you go to the you go to one of their races, and I look at the driver and say, well, what are you guys doing here? And, oh, no, we're in the class. Don't worry about it. And they're guys that I know. So, okay, listen, guys, the rules here apply to just the same when you're out there. You don't beat each other up. You're here for the education. You're here for the class. You're here as a team. This isn't all about you. Okay, yeah, yeah, we know, we know. Yeah, it's fine. And it's usually, <laughs> they're usually people that I already know. And it makes for great racing. And frankly, it allows uh, the development of the electric products to uh, get better and better every year. The technology is really, you have to kind of, I don't know, I, I guess the best way is you have to blend your, your goals with the advancement of the technology, which changes often within the same year, you know? So if you ask me the same question in, in a year or two, it, it might be a different answer. And that's a fair take, because I'll ask that same question to, to full-size drag racers and autocrossers, and they'll tell me the same thing. Like, the technology is moving so so fast, it's changing so rapidly, it's tough to predict an accurate trajectory for what electric racing is going to look like in the future. And now let's switch gears just for, for 60 seconds, because we are indeed a podcast powered by Summit Racing um, to talk about our sponsor, because they also sponsor World Karting. And even before we started recording for this interview, you had mentioned off mic that um, many folks who are into karting get a lot of their supplies from uh, Summit Racing. Can you, uh, can you expound on that? We have a very good relationship with Summit Racing, and a lot of the product line at Summit Racing Equipment is the same products that you as a gearhead might use, but go-karters do too. Pretty much everything a carter can use with the exception of the go-kart and the motor, and uh, they can get from Summit. And they often do, which is why our relationship with Summit is so important. WK's position is to help the retailers make products easily available for the racers. And that's really uh, Summit Racing's MO, to provide the automotive enthusiast with the gear and parts they need to, to get the job done. And that's true whether we're talking go-karts, junior dragsters, all the way up to top-tier racing programs, and, and the home mechanic who's just trying to keep their classic car or daily driver on the road. So check them out, summitracing.com. Now, speaking of equipment, let's talk about safety. What kind of safety gear and safety equipment does a carter need to be safe and competitive? So here's the surprising thing that a lot of people don't know. Go-karts do not have seatbelts. Again, the technology has improved so much for safety. They could look like open-wheel cars, but they're really not anymore. They're, they're closed off by crash-tested bodywork. The wheels are from all the way around. So there is not as a much less possibility for wheels to lock when they're the guys are racing together. So that's really the, the, the first part of the cart being safe. I, I, frankly, I feel safer racing a go-kart on a go-kart track than I do in my car on the road. On top of that, there's certain safety equipment that they must wear. They must have a, a full body driving suit specifically designed, just like you see a NASCAR driver or NHRA driver. They all have their driving suits on. And in fact, you see them in commercials and that's how you recognize them as their driving suit. Same in karting. Uh, they have a, a current certified helmet, have to wear uh, gloves. In the case of any driver under 12, they have to have a certified chest protector. That's because uh, their, their bodies are still developing, and so some of their chest is a little softer, and they have a SFI certified chest protector, which is required. 
because of all those advances in the safety equipment, uh, especially the helmet, and there's, uh, you know, some of the neck braces are that kind of uh, support the helmet. It's kind of like a Hans device, but you can't use a Hans device because it's not a race car. But it's kind of like that. Uh, that's optional, and a lot of drivers still use them. All that stuff is well-designed, well-developed, Snell-rated mostly, or SFI-rated. And um, because of that, our injuries really are, are minimal. Uh, from an insurance standpoint, last year, World Karting Association did not have one insurance claim for an injury at all. Not one. Out, out of, out of uh, 42 national races, 60 regional races, and over 100 local races, we didn't have one claim. Not one. So, and I, I attribute that to our training and our rule book, and of course, most importantly, the safety equipment. Wow, that uh, certainly is a stat worth bragging about. Um, now, we've been talking for, for well over 20 minutes about karting. So is there any topic that we haven't talked about yet and you want to make sure folks out there know about? So here's a funny thing. As I've already mentioned, we talked about, we like to think we have a place for everybody. We actually started uh, involving ourselves in esports this year. And we found out something very, oh no, I'm scared, excuse me, it was last year. We found out something very interesting. There are some people who might be interested in karting involved in esports. There might be people who have a kart or at least have tried it once or want to try it. But there are also esports racers, and they see that WK is associated with Summit in an esports program. And we just use the iRacing platform um, with our, our good friends of the Road to Indy. We use their Formula 2000 cars, and they participate, and then we broadcast those races. During the broadcast, we get more people hit and almost takes our website down, hit the get started in karting page at worldkarting.com because we're broadcasting those esports. It's really just race cars on iRacing, but we attach the world karting name and a lot of karting mentality uh, into those races. And they put on some great races because the kids are so, so fantastic at, at esports. That's really kind of one great place to start. Again, go to your local track. If you need help finding one, you go to worldcarding.com and look at the Get Started page where you can find a track. Of course, you can always contact our office and we say, where do you live? And sometimes we get a call from Australia and, oh, yeah, we can help you with that. And we refer them to our counterparts in Australia or other countries and we can find a place for you, especially uh, for speedway racing in, in the south. You can drive half an hour in any direction on a Saturday night and find a car track and probably four or 500 go-karts racing. So, which is really kind of fun. I love going down there. <laughs> so. so is there anything else you want to make sure people out there know about uh, when they think about karting? Like I said, the, the, the value of karting is really more than just racing. You, you learn a lot of lifelong skills. Uh, you learn how to use tools. You know how to change the tire in your car because you did it in karting. Uh, you know, change oil, you can work on your car yourself and, uh, knowing how to use the tools, you know, what, uh, millimeter versus, uh, standard sizes are at, for both the uh, nuts, bolts and tools. And, um, of course the relationships you build in carding, the lifelong lessons, you get to travel around a little bit. You get to see what's going on on the road, a little bit of a road warrior. Uh, you get your, certainly get your fix of enough motels and fast food joints and quickie marts, right? I cannot um, stress the value of a experience in a structured type of, of sports like karting is. From the organizations to the relationships to, again, the lifelong lessons. And if you have the opportunity, even if it's just a couple of guys getting together, which we do have some guys who just get together. And uh, I, I have a group of guys in, in Northern California that we have a class just for them because that's the product they decide to race. And it's, it's really an 80cc Honda shifter motor they put on go-karts. And it's 12 guys and it's the same 12 guys and they just go out there and have a blast. And, 
you know, come last checkered flag, they're over there bench racing and having a Coca-Cola together and a couple of adult beverage. And they just have an absolute blast and just travel to the next race. So that's the kind of thing that the, the value of being involved in motorsports and especially wool karting. Okay, so let's make sure uh, folks have your web address so they know where to go to get started. Can you give it to them one more time? Worldcarting.com. And remember to spell it with a K. Karting with a K. <laughs> well, Kevin, thank you so much for, for illuminating a topic that uh, is really deep, really broad, and, and pretty darn interesting. It's been my honor. Again, thank you so much. On All Centers is such a great podcast and uh, look forward to uh, continuing relationship kevin williams president of the world karting association hope you had a good time and thanks again for talking to us very fun thank you so much this has been the on all cylinders podcast powered by summit racing check out new episodes coming soon at on allcylinders.com. on all cylinders.com. thanks for listening see you next time